0: My Song Suck would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to the Elders both past and present.
3: Hello and welcome to My Song Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers.
0: I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get
2: started.
3: Hello and welcome to my song suck. Uh, I'm Alex Smith.
0: I'm James Keogh.
3: And today we're joined by dare I say a little bit of some royalty. Uh, um, (laughs) A singer from a a much beloved band. Uh, Would you like to introduce yourself special guest?
1: Uh, well, thank you, guys. Uh, hi, Alex. Hi, James. And um, that was quite a, a, a flattering introduction. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, thank you for that. My name's Danny. I am the vocalist and lyric writer for a band called Canyon Hall, and uh, so that's where uh, I, I think most people in the Brisbane music scene know me from. Uh, I also used to do a solo electronic project under the name Captain Cake and lately I've launched um a new solo electronic project as Danny WX which is basically Captain Cake version 2.0. Nice. So I've just started um gigging for that one um did a gig at uh, the Flame and Galar not long ago and um got uh, an album of songs that I wrote um during the lockdown that I'm planning to start recording soon so yeah thanks for having me yeah Yeah. it's great to have you
3: yeah thanks we've wanted to have you on for a while I remember um I opened for you guys and I I hadn't heard you before and your your crowd is just rowdy and I (laughs) love it (laughs) Um, and it was just the weirdest gig I'd ever seen. And then, uh, I played with you guys again, I think at the Flaming and Gla and I was just like, man, yeah. I fucking love these guys. <laughs> Such a good vibe. <laughs> definitely. It's definitely a live show that you don't want to miss if you see Canyon Hall playing. Oh, thanks. Job. Yeah.
1: We've, um, we've done a couple of gigs together. I think, um, like there was one that I really, that really stuck in my memory. Um, it was in, it was in South Brisbane. Uh, the milk factory. The milk factory, yeah. yeah, that was it. That was a really good gig. That was and, really um, great. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right that the <laughs> crowd get really into it. Like, I, I love it. I mean, uh, mm. I love, I love it when they sing along. Yeah, it's just, it's great. It's really satisfying. Mm.
0: That milk factory gig was, yeah, was the first time I'd uh, heard you guys, and it was just such a, like, I love. Yeah, it, you're so right. The the audience really just like gets around it and really like makes it. Um, mm let's have a listen. You've brought us uh, a couple of tracks. Let's yep. listen to this first one. It's called Amadeus.
1: Is that right? Amadeus. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. So basically this is a song I did uh, during the early stages of Captain Cake when I first started gigging as Captain Cake. And it's a song that um, didn't really take off. Like I did it Uh, I did it a couple of times at shows and things and people just didn't, uh, they didn't call out for it like they did with Good Father or a couple of my other songs. (laughs) So um, I think part of it was based on the fact that, um, like it's based on the movie Amadeus, which is uh, a biopic, a fictionalised biopic about Mozart. Like mm. I watched, I watched it in high school. It's um fairly old. It's an older sort of movie. Um, it's got Salieri in it as the antagonist, who's jealous of Mozart. And so I based the song on that movie. Um, and so you really have to have seen the movie to <laughs> kind of get the references in the song. So I think that's why it wasn't that popular because um you know it's not even based on the actual life of Mozart, which I know nothing about, it's based on um, the movie *Amadeus*. Which, you know, if you haven't mm. seen it, then I think the song—you know—some <laughs> of the references in the song are neither here nor there.
0: Perhaps not as as universal as you thought it it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know if I even thought it was universal. <laughs> <laughs> I just go where inspiration takes me most of the time.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's take a let's take a listen to it. Uh, this okay. is *Amadeus*. <laughs> This is the story
2: of a musician who's been pushed too far. I'm floundering in mediocrity, but you haven't heard the last of me. Oh. No.
0: Nice. Oh,
1: yeah that song is a live recording by the way i think <laughs> it is much. that wasn't obvious from listening to it <laughs>
0: um but even then like you know it seems like the crowd was really getting around it uh you know especially at the end there cl- everyone clapping their hands for mozart even if they didn't <laughs> you know understand what was going on they're doing <laughs> clapping their hands for mozart why not
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I would too. I'd I'd clap my hands for Mozart and, um, you know, maybe they saw the movie. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe they're all
0: big Amadeus fans.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe it was their favourite film. (laughs) Who knows? But, um, like, that... I think um, that live recording is actually from one of the earliest Captain Cake gigs and um, after that I did some other songs like Perfect Shape and Good Father and stuff and uh, th- people were kind of really wanting to hear those ones. So mm. there are a couple of other songs that kind of just fell off the set list and that was one of them.
3: You're kind of finding your finding your vibe at the time, mm. kind of like writing a lot of songs and seeing what people were enjoying.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um that's that's basically it. And during the lockdown this year, I wrote um ten new songs. So um wow. yeah, it'll be a, a new process of finding the vibe again mm-hmm. and um seeing what people are enjoying. Mm. And you mentioned like
0: with this this song, uh Armadeus, you just sort of it just was an inspiration that you decided to follow. Is that yeah. what you have for, for most of your songs? It's just like an inspiration comes from something or other and you just kind of follow it and see where it takes you.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's basically basically just driven by inspiration like um most of my songs I guess you could classify them as comedy songs but mm. not exclusively so because I mean if and I if I have an idea that isn't particularly funny but I I'm kind of intrigued by the idea. I'll follow it anyway because, you know, I'm not making anywhere near enough money out of music to really think about it in terms of having a marketing strategy. Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I should focus on. So it's basically, it's a it's a creative outlet for me and um, I just go where the impulses take me.
3: I was going to say, what was it about Amadeus the movie that inspired you so much to write this song?
1: Um, I think... It, it was like because um, the song, like the, the spoken word thing that I'm doing is from the perspective of uh, Salieri, who, um, again, I don't know much about him as a composer or about his life, but in the movie Amadeus, he's the main antagonist. And mm-hmm. the plot is driven by his jealousy of Mozart and his desire to um, sabotage his career because, he, you know, he feels like he's been denied the talent that god has given mozart so um i think i just related to the the maybe it was just the feelings of jealousy and bitterness really <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but i i don't know there, there was something about uh, salieri as the antagonist in that film that i connected with i think mm. Nice. It's like,
0: it's almost like Hamilton vibes of just like telling this story in, you know, in this new way. So, yeah. you know, maybe this could be your Hamilton. You never know.
1: Oh, maybe. I mean, I haven't actually seen that, but I've heard a lot about it. Oh, well, there you go. There you go.
0: Um, yeah. And so I guess in terms of, you mentioned you, you make comedy songs, but not necessarily always comedy songs. Do you have a certain, you know, when you write a song and you think, okay, this is, you know this brand of comedy, and so it's a Canyon Hall song, or this is you know this sort of vibe, and so it's a, a Captain Cake song. Do you have that distinction between your different acts?
1: Mm. Um, yeah, kind of. Uh, like when I started doing Canyon Hall, I um, uh, I wanted to i guess start exploring humor that was a bit more uh surreal and a bit more absurdist and that's how we came to songs like the lion table which um because like you know i've got uh with kenny and hall it's we're we're a five-piece band and Mm. um uh i don't um i don't play any instruments in that um Uh, so with, with the, a song like the lion table, I mean, I wrote the lyrics, Lachlan wrote the guitar parts and then we put it together. And to me, it worked a lot better as a, um, it works a lot better as a guitar driven song, like a rock or a folk song rather Mm -hmm. than an electronic song, which was what I was doing with captain cake. Right. So uh, sometimes it's just like a vibe. I get the sense that, yeah, this one is more a Canyon hall song.
3: You mentioned that you've got a new a new kind of uh, electronic solo thing going on. How yeah. is that different to Captain Cake? Is it like just more is it more serious? Is it less comedy?
1: Um partially it's kind of uh, it's about half comedy and the other half is just quirky pop music nice. uh, i think um the unifying theme with it all if there is one is that I wrote the whole thing during lockdown this year so mm. uh it i like th- there are no specific references in there to being locked down or anything but um it might have been inspired by my emotions at the time or, uh, Mm. what I was going through. So yeah. Uh, who knows? It is a bit, it is a bit different to captain cake in that, um, I spent a lot more time on the uh, music side of things like the, um, the actual beats and things Mm. like uh, a lot of captain cake was just, you know, it was, it was the one beat and, um, uh well it started out that way I mean before Mm. um before the guys from Friendly Fire got involved a lot of it was just like one beat and then with the Captain Cake album they added a lot of instrumentation and and other elements Mm. um whereas this time I really paid more attention to the um the beats and things from the get-go
0: when you were doing Captain Cake how much had you done musically before that? Like, was this your was that your first entry into the world of of being a musician?
1: Well, before that, I um. I was in a band called uh, Captain Cake and the Watermelons oh, uh, with, okay. a, with a different lineup. And, uh,
0: <laughs> Were you like, still the Captain Cake of Captain Cake and the Watermelons, or did you like upgrade yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, more or less. I mean, when I started doing solo gigs, I um I wore a captain's hat, cool. which um uh, like I didn't I didn't wear that when I was with um with Captain Cake and the Watermelons. I got the name Captain Cake from. Uh, one of my dad's friends who you know uh when they're all young guys on a surfy trip uh played a um a practical joke with a cake and laxatives and oh no they they nicknamed him captain cake after that and like even to this day they're like oh there's captain cake and um like i (laughs) so that's where i took the name from that's great
0: that's such a great origin story (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't do that to somebody myself no i i stole the name
3: that's not at all where i expected that name to come
0: from
1: <laughs> that's so
0: out of left field yeah. oh that's funny and so Canny and hall it's a five person band yeah. how did that all come together
1: oh well it started with just lachlan and i um lachlan uh you know wanted to get together and have a bit of a jam so uh i bought him some new lyrics that i'd written and he wrote uh, he like he had guitar he's he he usually has guitar um parts that he's working on so sometimes we get together and um i you know usually by this point i've sent him my um uh my lyrics and uh He plays some, you know, he's usually got a guitar part that he thinks that it'd go well with. And then after that, like, the song usually starts with just the two of us, and then we get the rest of the band involved and jam it all out together. Mm. And, um, yeah, they're all, like, they're all really skilled, amazing musicians. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be working with them. Nice.
3: I think part of what I love about... Um, all your stuff, and like the way you sing is that it has a like a monster mash rock lobster kind of vibe to it. Oh yeah. Uh, was that like a, a conscious like thing, or did you just kind of find that like that's just how you sing? Like you just kind of kind of fell into that.
1: Yeah. Well, we actually um we we do a cover of the monster mash live sometimes, and yeah. um, I think it's appropriate for for my voice because that's just kind of how I always sound. <laughs> it's kind of how I speak, so. <laughs> Yeah, it. Um, and when I was when I was doing karaoke, um, that uh, the Mon- uh, the monster mash was one of my go to tracks. That's one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. it just seemed like a natural fit to perform it live. Mm. I
3: enjoy that. I enjoy knowing yeah, that.
1: Nice. It's cool. And like that's sort of what's cool about
0: listening to this. You know, to the Armadea song is that your vocal style is is pretty much stayed consistent. Like to yeah. the kind of stuff that you do now. So it's cool that you've sort of you hooked into that very early mm. and and it has worked the whole way throughout, I think.
1: Yeah, I must be making progress though because I don't I don't have a sore throat at the end of gigs anymore. Uh, Like when I started off doing Captain Cake, uh, my throat would always be really sore at the end of like the forty minutes. Mm. Um, Whereas now, (laughs) you know, I'm these days that doesn't happen. So while I'm probably not going to. secure a spot on the voice anytime soon i feel like i must be gaining a bit more control
0: <laughs> yeah nice and for you i guess like before you know everything before captain cake and the water and the watermelons and so forth were you a lyricist first and then a musician or where where did the kind of spark for wanting to get into music come from
1: Uh, Well, I actually started off as a writer, like um, when I was younger, I had a couple of short stories published in books and magazines and um, for for a long time, that's what I wanted to pursue creatively. I mean, I wanted to write novels and uh, I I might still get around to that, but um, I started performing my songs. I've always written lyrics, but I started performing the songs basically to amuse my friends and uh, people just started giving me gigs and then <laughs> uh, you know, people started coming to them and they seemed to appreciate what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'll roll with this.
0: That's such a good way to get started It's just to like not be shooting from the, for the stars from the, the start, just to be doing it just for fun. That, that sounds awesome. That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've found that um, like the Brisbane music scene is very uh, accepting as, as well, very welcoming, very supportive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I was self-conscious uh the first few times i got on stage but you know they after a few gigs i felt like well you know nobody's judging me uh mm. i mean there are you know there might be a few people in the audience who are judging me but mm. uh you know everybody gets that and um yeah the, the the other bands the other artists were just really friendly and supportive the whole time so i was like hey i actually enjoy doing gigs
2: yeah.
3: i think you you do such a such a unique thing that just by doing it, like you can't fail because you're just doing you, you know? Yeah. And like, it's such a uniquely you kind of performance and people just see you vibing and they're like, hell yeah, look at him. He's just vibing and then they're (laughs) vibing and it's just a good vibe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, thanks. I think that, um, that leads back to as well, the whole thing about, um, just going where, um, inspiration takes you and not, not necessarily having a plan, not feeling like you need to stick to one kind of formula or another kind of formula. Mm-hmm. And looking back
0: at Armadeus and and sort of all the stuff you were kind of doing originally, what would you say like is the main way you've sort of improved your your on your style? Like would it be yourself as a lyricist or, or, or yeah, what, how have you improved the most do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the ways in which I've uh, improved the most is... I probably respect the audience's time a bit more. I mean, like, I'm still just vibing, but at the same time, I care about the experience that they have. Like, Mm. you know, I don't want to show up and just look like somebody who doesn't care, who hasn't rehearsed, who is, you know, who's, who's just entertaining himself and, like, doesn't give a shit about what kind of experience everybody else is having. I mean, mm. it's great that I'm entertaining myself, but um, there's that motivation there to really, uh, to kind of bring that joy to other people as well. So I think um, thinking more about that side of things, that's the main way that I've improved. Mm, cool. That's
3: that's so good to hear as well, because I think that that kind of work ethic, like, and actually wanting to put on a good show for the audience is not as common as you'd like to see. Like, uh, I know that there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, like the people who are kind of musicians so that they can say they're musicians, but like they don't care about putting on a good show. And like, it, I think it really, it really shows the the people who are actually there for the audience. And like, I think you'll rise to the, the top because that's what happens with people who care about putting on a good, a good show rather than like being, you know, someone mm. who puts on shows, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess everybody has um, off nights and things and I do too, but yeah, it's, I I think it's just good to, um, yeah, think about it like in terms of, you know, okay, these people could choose to be anywhere tonight uh, Mm. and, you know, they're choosing to be here watching me, so I'm going to make it worth their while.
0: Yeah, Mm. I mean, and is there a balance for you? Because I guess, uh, you know, putting on shows f- primarily for the audience is, is can be such a, a positive factor in, in the way you think about your music. But I guess also there's that other side of if you think too much about the audience, then mm. you sort of lose a bit of yourself. Have you ever kind of felt that balance at all of just like how much is what I want to do and how much is me trying to satisfy this audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can't kind of worry too much about it because there are always going to be some people there who just, you know, no matter what you're doing, just aren't Mm. into it. And, uh, so you can't, I I, I think you can't let that put you off. I mean, but basically, you know, before, before I share anything with an audience, I like to, you know, I like to be comfortable with it. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, I like I like it to be something that you know, I genuinely think is entertaining or worth sharing. But like mm. I said, I mean, I follow the uh, in- inspiration, so I try and you know do things that are creatively satisfying for me and which I'm happy with as well.
0: Yeah, nice. And I mean, yeah, like as you say, with when you were starting, it's all about just sort of you know trying to make your friends laugh, trying to mm. you know like it's, it's almost the extension of when you're starting out just trying to make your friends laugh now you're just yeah. trying to make the audience you know have a good time yeah um, yeah i think that's awesome
1: yeah and i mean there's always going to be there are always going to be a few people who just aren't into it who mm. don't like it and that's fine uh just don't email me and tell me i don't know anything about mozart because, <laughs> 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 because the song was just based on the movie
3: speaking of uh influences it's uh the boring interview question, but I'm genuinely very oh, yeah. curious. Who who did you listen to growing up? Who made you this way?
1: <laughs> oh well, who made me this way? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question because I like I listened to a lot of music growing up, and um, and not all of it uh, was an influence, but I, I I listened to a fair bit of tism in when I was younger, <laughs> like around grade six. I was really into tism. Um, So that probably rubbed off Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Mm. um, Love Weird Al Yankovic. Mm. Uh, I actually saw him live in Sydney uh, back in, um, I think it was 2016. And, yeah, he was... He was really entertaining. Put on a great show, um, costume changes, <laughs> the whole thing, and right. you know, I could I could tell that he was having a good time, and you know, he seemed like a good guy. Um, also, I used to um I used to hear this band on Triple J called King Missile, and um, <laughs> the vocalist did a kind of uh, yeah, they did that detachable penis song. <laughs> oh okay the the vocalist did like a spoken word poetry thing and that really rubbed off on me yeah Mm -hmm. they, they had a few songs um they had um detachable penis that was the big one they had one called jesus was way cool which was also uh (laughs) like poetry and they had one called um i think it was called cheesecake truck which was all about his job delivering cheesecakes and amazing yeah i just i had a like every time triple j played a song by those guys i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) oh nice
3: do you have any advice for your youngest self is there anything that you wish someone had told you when you had started song writing or performing?
1: I would probably tell my younger self from a songwriting perspective I don't know if Mm. I have any um any advice but I would probably tell my younger self to stop writing music reviews because I wasn't a very good (laughs) music reviewer (laughs) oh okay Um, I I read some of my old reviews and I, (laughs) I was like oh this track sounds like Bjork and I like I look back on it and I'm like what what were you thinking past Danny? Like that track sounded nothing like Bjork. You're (laughs) tripping. So um, uh, if I, you know, so I I think writing uh, music reviews is not my strong suit. And I would probably tell my younger self not to do it. There you go. Because the track didn't sound like Bjork.
0: (laughs) Do you think, do you think uh, nowadays, if you went back to writing music reviews, you'd kind of be a bit more, uh, a bit better at it?
1: Oh, possibly. That yeah. could be worth a try, actually. <laughs> <laughs> rewriting your old, writing responses to your old music reviews. Yeah, rewriting, yeah, writing responses to them, or yeah. like <laughs> updating my old music reviews. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> Just like a PS update. All of this was wrong. Uh, <laughs>
3: Did not sound like the Yeah,
1: I've um. Yeah, I'll, I'll. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, <laughs> I've had another look at this. I, revised it with Mm. the um, you know hindsight is always 2020 I was wrong about a few things (laughs) but I mean I think everybody feels that way about everything I mean Mm. whether it's music or something else I pretty much cringe at anything I did more than five years ago Mm. and that goes for like literally anything I did more than five years ago I'm (laughs) cringing about it now
0: exactly but that's the thing you gotta go you gotta you know move through that cringe you gotta like uh yeah. do the things that make you cringe now so you can mm. be, be that better person
1: yeah or embrace it just exactly like, embrace the cringe yeah. <laughs> of course
0: um one thing I wanted to ask because you're a i don't think we've really spoken to a, a comedy music uh writer or performer oh, yeah. before so I kind of wanted to to ask like what do you find the hardest thing about? nailing a a comedy song like how do you know the song is going to be funny
1: yeah well that's the thing I don't really which makes it challenging I mean Mm. um for me one of the most surprising things is um when a particular line that I thought was really funny doesn't get much of a response and like another line that I didn't think was that funny gets a big laugh Mm. but it's different depending on the audience as well um so yeah it's um it's it, it can be a hard thing to yeah basically I just have to trust in my intuition a fair bit I mm. guess
3: mm.
1: yeah I mean I haven't really done much in terms of traditional stand-up comedy so yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I tried I tried a little bit of it when I was younger but I didn't kind of um Uh, I didn't get super involved in it. So Mm. that could be an interesting experiment sometime. I mean, seeing how my uh, songs go down at um, stand-up comedy nights.
0: True. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. That's so good. And do you think, like, because you mentioned, yeah, like some lines that you thought were going to be funny weren't and and then other lines were. Do you you sort of find yourself rewriting or, or sort of readjusting the way your your songs go after seeing how they they feel with the crowd
1: mm, not usually because um like it it varies depending on the audience so mm. but I do tend to rewrite though if um like sometimes I'll change a line and keep it changed if I just think of one I like better mm. yeah like no. sometimes when I'm doing a live show i'll vary uh what the lyrics are and then I'll just be like hey I like uh, i like that line more than the one I originally wrote I'm just gonna mm. keep that in <laughs>
3: nice. I guess, um, so this episode's coming out this coming Friday. Cool. Do you have any, oh, yeah. any things that you've got coming up? Any things that you might want to chat about? Any things you might want to plug?
1: Um, at the moment, uh, I'd, uh, I'd just like you to, um, like the, I uh, just like anyone who's listening to like the Facebook pages for Kenny and Hall and mm-hmm. Danny WX. Cause, um, like all the news, all the future gigs, releases, um, things we've got coming out, they'll be through um, through those channels anyway, through the Facebook pages. So, mm. um, yeah, at the moment I don't have any specific gigs coming up, but um, uh, yeah, I'll be um, I'll be updating uh, mm. through those Facebook pages when I do. Nice,
0: nice. And you're on on Spotify and everything as well. Is that right?
1: Uh yep we have uh, we have an EP on Spotify, Kenny and Hall, the Pretty Good EP, mm. uh, and um, yeah, uh, we're on Spotify and Bandcamp as well.
0: Cool. So if there are any listeners wondering which one's Canny and which one's Hall, <laughs> uh, there's a song on that EP that will help maybe
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean it 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 doesn't really answer that question but um it kind of complicates it somewhat right yeah (laughs) it it creates more questions if anything
0: yeah (laughs) oh that's awesome fantastic uh alex as well you've, you've got stuff you want to plug
3: Oh yeah, I'm. So obviously, I've obviously played with Kane Hall a couple times. I'm your mm. man, Alex Smith. I'm also a Brisbane-based musician, um, and I've got stuff on Spotify, Bandcamp, and iTunes as well, as well as a Patreon. But uh, if you ain't got no money, Spotify's fine.
0: Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. What about you, James? But what about what about me? Uh, <laughs> I'm on Instagram and and. Let's just go with Instagram. Uh, at the <laughs> James Kier, if you're uh, if you're interested in the stuff that I do, which isn't much, I don't do music or anything. If you're wondering, um, you, you met but also someone you recently find... on
3: Instagram. You met? What's some- that? I can't remember who it was. You met someone, and I was like, "What the? Oh, you met Rove?
0: I met Rove McManus uh, yeah. recently. So I posted a photo of me and my best friend Rove McManus. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <which> is- <laughs> uh, he was doing stand up. Uh, a while ago and, and yep. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, brave. <laughs> it's so cool. Hmm. It was a a highlight in these unprecedented times. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also of course you can find uh, the network we are hosted on. That's not Canon productions that the network of podcasts. So you can find us and a whole bunch of other podcasts. Uh, we're all on Spotify and, and iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash that's not Canon C A N O N for that one. And that's where you can find us keeps the lights on, keeps the lights on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for joining us. This was fantastic. This was a lot of fun.
1: That's all right. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Anytime. And we are going to end on a more recent song of yours from yeah. a Canny and Hall song. Can you tell us a little bit about this one?
1: Yeah, so this song's called "I'm Still Young." Uh, it was a lot more popular. Uh, it started like the writing process for it was pretty much the same as uh, any Canny and Hall song. I wrote the lyrics. Lachlan wrote the guitar part. Then we brought it to the rest of the band. But um, yeah, people just liked it. It um, it was it got to the top ten spot in one of the four triple z hot 100s oh wow yes. and um yeah so that was a bit of a highlight uh it usually gets one of the bed uh one of the best reactions when we play a live set so uh yeah it's basically a song that i feel resonated with people a lot more <laughs> than the older one
0: mm. it
1: definitely <laughs> went off
0: at that milk factory gig it was oh yeah <laughs> intense it was it was great yeah, uh,
1: that, was, that was an amazing gig, by the way. Like the whole gig, the crowd was like, there was just a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Like everyone seemed to be having a great time.
3: No, yeah. milk factory is a great venue for it because you don't need many people for it to feel like a packed room, and then yeah. that just everyone's fucking amped up, and like the band's amped up, and then the the people are amped up, and yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Excellent, awesome. Do you guys have any uh, closing remarks b- b- before we uh, dive into "I'm Still Young"? I'll take your silence <laughs> as a no. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Not, not off
1: the top of my head. Cool. I was Thank you. I was yeah, trying to think no
0: of worries. that
3: list of cowboy phrases, where like, uh, it's like, it's, it's always a good opportunity to shut up or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that one sounded rude, so I was like, don't think it's shut up one. What's another cowboy one? But I had nothing.
0: We'll have a ne- we'll not have another cowboy phrase next week on my song song. <laughs> yeah, Um <laughs>
1: Every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. There it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a cowboy phrase strictly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in any case, here is. Uh, I'm still young. Bye, bye. Bye. Thanks,
1: guys.
4: His, but I'm I'm still young It's only